We're looking at James, the first chapter. Uh, Wednesday night's a little bit different than Sunday night or Sunday mornings in that Sunday mornings our, our messages are fairly topical. In other words, I'll take a particular topic and then jump all over kingdom come trying to, you know, talk about that one topic. But Wednesday nights we like to take the Bible and go verse by verse, ding, 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 in a row, kind of put it in context for you. And uh, the verse, the, uh, the book that we're studying right now is James. We're in chapter one and we're at verse five. And uh, we were uh, talking about this last time. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, which is a great thing. You know, God is not a nitpicker. He's not, a, you know, always, we're very good at finding fault. <laughs> all we got to do is get any group of us discussing you, and we'll find fault. <laughs> Well, he's a nice guy, but he's kind of obnoxious, or he doesn't do this right, or don't do that. And I don't know, he needs a little more patience here or there. You know, it doesn't take people long at all, man. We just, you know, zoom, we can find fault like a, like a hidden treasure on a desert island, man. We can zoom in and boom, we got it, baby. But to God, who knows all, doesn't think in those terms. He's not looking, trying to find what's wrong with you. He's constantly looking at you. Knowing what's best about you, what you can do, what you accomplish. The one thing Jesus did is he went around as he challenged men and women was follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. I'll do something with your life. I know what you're capable of. He looks at Peter and says, you know, you're a rock. <laughs> well, Jesus was seeing something nobody else was seeing, you know, because Peter was kind of a jellyfish, man. You know, he's all over the place and wishy-washy. And then when the really heat was on, he denied Jesus three times and, you know, was hiding out, afraid. And, you know, but uh, sure enough, when the time came, Holy Spirit was poured out. Who becomes the rock? Peter stands up and starts proclaiming the gospel. See, he, God saw something in Peter years before Peter saw it. He didn't look at him and saw what was the best. He saw what was... Or, or, or the worst, but, but saw what was the best. Seeing the very best. What does God see in you? He sees what you're capable of. That's why he challenges us. That's why the Holy Spirit convicts us of our sin. Why? Because we're better than that. You see what I'm saying? You're better than that. You can do better than that. You think, well, I don't think I can. I don't think I can. I've, I've always been a nothing. I've always been a nobody. I've always struggled with this one thing and, and it controls my life. God says, no, 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 you're better than that like my mama always says don't do that why not because you're a gunger what does that mean I don't know but that's she told us that all the time and you can do anything why because you're a gunger you're better than that you're capable of anything this is what God does when he looks at you amazingly when he looks at me I mean a lot of us we're better fault finders than the people around us a lot of people, you, you, you try and challenge them to anything and they immediately think, well, I can't. Why? Because all they are aware of is their faults. All they're aware of are their weaknesses. And they're, they're overwhelmed by their inabilities. Overwhelmed by what they cannot do. When God is trying to open our eyes, lift up our heads, see that our strength comes from God. And that through Christ, all things are possible. Whatever dream he's put in your heart, he can make a reality. And he will, if you just trust him. 
kind of get out of the way sometimes. <laughs> but that, that's, that's the wild, incredible thing. So this God who gives generously without finding fault, he says, and it will, get, will be given him. Now we talked about this idea of wisdom. Generally speaking, we don't like to ask for wisdom. We just want direction. We don't, if we don't know what to do, we just want to know, God, tell me what to do. And we've got millions of Christians around the world who sit on their behinds doing nothing because, well, I just want to, I just want, I want to hear what God wants me to do. But I don't say sit around and wait for God to tell you what to do. The Bible's very clear about what we should do. We need to act. And if you're not sure, the Bible says ask for wisdom. But there's a, there's a difference between wisdom and specific direction. Most people don't want wisdom. They want specific direction. Why? Because then it doesn't take any faith. See, people don't want faith. Wisdom, you're still a little bit, a little bit, you know, blindfolded. You know, like these contests where they blindfold people and then someone has to call out directions. You know, we don't like that because the Holy Spirit is telling us, you know, turn here, turn there. The Holy Spirit says, don't, don't go this way. <laughs> Good idea not to go. <laughs> ah! You know what I'm saying? But we don't like that. We just want to know exactly what's going to come and, and we get all hung up on those sorts of things. But that's not how God is glorified. Wisdom is the ability to distinguish between right and wrong. Good and evil. Even good and better. And I shared with you last time how I believe God is the most glorified. Not when he's telling us every little puking thing to do. But when we as mature believers take the principles of his word and live successful lives. Just like I am not the most glorified uh, having to tell my son who turned 29 today every little thing to do. When he was a little boy, I did. You know, Phil, get out of bed. Phil, did you change your underwear in the last week? Phil, did you do this? Phil, did you do that? You know, and did you do your homework? And, And then, you know, boom, 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 boom. I'm not the most glorified doing that. I don't think anybody would look at me constantly talking to my son thinking, boy, you're, you're a real great father. Where I get glorified is when as a young man, he no longer needs every little bit of instruction in how to live his life. Can you see the difference? Somehow in Christianity, we've made that glorifying God. Just be obedient. Wait for God to tell you what to do. That don't think that's glorifying to God. I truly don't. And uh, not to say that God won't speak to you. If God speaks to you, then by all means, listen to him. But don't sit around doing nothing. If you're confused, don't say, God, tell me what to do. Say, Father, give me wisdom. How will I know he'll give it to me? Because he gives all, he gives generously, James said. He does, he loves to give wisdom to people. Yeah, but I'm a slime bag. He does it without finding fault. He knows you're a slime bag. He doesn't care. All right? He knows you struggle. He knows you didn't pray enough today. He knows you haven't read your Bible in a month and a half. He knows these little things. He knows you kicked your dog. All right? He, which you shouldn't do, but he's, he knows. And, you know, anyway. Um, so this whole idea of wisdom. Now, the best uh, picture of wisdom, and I'm going to jump away from James, and I'm going to do kind of what I do topically, which is jump around the Bible. But uh, that's okay. We'll still put it all in context in James. We're going to jump over to the Old Testament, to Second Chronicles, uh, the first chapter, verse 7. And uh, one, one of the coolest things in history uh, that occurred, and as far as I know, it's the only time it's ever happened in human history, but that, it says, that night God appeared to Solomon and said to him, ask for whatever you want me to give you. 
This is the quintessential genie in the bottle moment. You know how you read about the genie in the bottle? Boy, if you find and you rub and the genie comes out, I'll grant you any wish that you want. You know, wow, what would you wish for? All right. This actually happened with God Almighty. Came to Solomon and said, ask anything you want. Now, what would you do if God asked you, ask me for anything that you want? Think about that. What, if, you, if you had one request that you could have anything you wanted, what would you ask for? Well, I'm pretty sure the vast majority of people, including most of you here, would say money. <laughs> lots and lots of money. Okay? Or who knows what else that you want. You know, but that, that would probably be the biggest thing because we think once we have that, then we got everything else. That's the key. If I can get that, I've got everything else. My life will be easy once I've got that, which is... Clearly a mistake, but that's the way we think. So anyway, God appears to Solomon and says this to him. Whatever you want. What do you want? And Solomon answered to God, You have shown great kindness to David my father and have made me king in his place. Now, Lord God, let your promise to my father David be confirmed, for you have made me king over a people who are as numerous as the dust of the earth. And here's his request. Give me wisdom and knowledge that I may lead this people for who is able to govern this great people of yours. And God said to Solomon, since this is your heart's desire and you have not asked for wealth, riches, or honor, which is what most people would have asked for, or for the death of your enemies, (laughs) I hope none of you would ask for that. God, kill that guy. Uh, And since you have not asked for a long life, I mean, these are the biggies. You know, money, you know, get back to those other people, make them pay. Or, you know, I ask I can live, you know, a really, really long time. But because you haven't asked for any of that, but you asked for wisdom and knowledge to govern my people over whom I've made you king. Therefore, wisdom and knowledge will be given you. And I will also give you wealth, riches, and honor such as no king who was before you ever had and none after you will have. Because he did not ask for money, but asked for wisdom, God said, I'll give you the wisdom. And because I'm going to give you wisdom, you're going to have more money than any man on earth has ever had or ever will have. Solomon had more jack than, than uh, Bill Gates. More than any, I mean, this, this is an amazing amount of money. And, and, and when you look at the history of, of Israel, the life, whole life of Solomon was like Israel's golden age, they call it. His whole lifetime, there were no wars. I mean, how many of us could say that? I mean, you know, there's wars all the time. Wars, conflicts, all kinds of things. And, you know, economies up, economies down. His whole life, there was a run on the stock market like you cannot believe. It was just up every day. It doesn't matter how far up. For his entire life. And God so blessed the guy. And he got so blessed, he got a little off base, quite frankly, a little bit later in his life. And, and uh, that's a whole other study. But how uh, he got too focused on things after a while because he was so blessed that it, it kind of got him off base. And, and he got frustrated and felt like life, you know, what's the purpose of living? That kind of thing. You can read it in Ecclesiastes. He's kind of depressed sounding through the book of Ecclesiastes. What's the purpose? Watch life. You know, did 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 but uh, really an incredible guy. Um, uh, he, he also had 1,000 wives. 
What in God's name he was thinking? I have no idea. <laughs> there ain't no way you can keep up with 1,000 wives. I don't know what he was thinking. But anyway, that's all side issues. So anyway, now, Proverbs, the third chapter, written by Solomon, uh, writes, because now he learns it. Now the question is, did, did he know this before asking for this or as a result of asking for this? Uh, it's very likely he probably knew this before even asking for wisdom. That's why he asked for it. But he's, he's about to write here in Proverbs, the third chapter, why wisdom is so important. My guess is he knew this even before he got it from God. Certainly by this time he already had it when he's writing this. But somewhere in his soul he had to know this. Now I don't know if he learned this from his father David who wrote the Psalms, who understood relationship with God and the value of things like wisdom and stuff. But David goes into this thing in Proverbs, the third chapter, describing the benefits of wisdom. He says, blessed are those, starting at verse 13, Proverbs 3, 13. Blessed are those, which means happy are those, who find wisdom, those who gain understanding. For she is far more profitable than silver, And yields better returns than gold. So he's saying, look, if you find wisdom, happy. These are the people who are the happiest in life, who get wisdom and understanding. It's better than money. As wonderful as people think money is and how great life will... I'll tell you what, you can have money and be dumb as a brick and still be incredibly miserable. Because you're making all the wrong life's choices. He knew... It was more valuable than money because you could make the right choices. Verse 15, talking about wisdom, she's more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. Now that's, that's quite a statement because I can desire a whole lot. I mean, what, let your mind, what, what could you do if, if money was not an object? If you could have anything, what would you desire? Ooh, maybe a gigantic yacht, maybe a this, a house, whatever. The biggest thing you can think of. It cannot even begin to compare with this idea of having wisdom. The ability to know right from wrong, good from bad, mediocre and best in your life. Now here's what it says about wisdom. Long life is in her right hand. See, the one thing that he didn't ask for is for long life. But in getting wisdom, he got long life. Because in wisdom, long life is in her, left hand, or, uh, in her right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. These are the things that he got. In asking for wisdom, he got all of this. See, a lot of times we chase things. Now, let me back up. Better so, a lot of times we think that the, the best route to getting what you want is a direct line to what you want. And that's not true, necessarily. Quite frankly, most of the time it's not true. If you want long life, going after long life directly isn't the way to get there. If you want riches and honor and all, going straight for it generally is not the best way to go. Um, people want try, trying to find peace and joy in their lives, um, you know. Jesus often taught going a different direction. For example, if if you want blessings, if you want more in your life, what did Jesus say? Give it away. Well, that's a pretty indirect route (laughs) to getting, right? 
We think the, the key to getting is to hoard like, you know, some old geezer. You know. That's the key to getting more. Just take, 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 take. No, Jesus says the key to getting more is, is to give to people. To be generous. In fact, he says the key is so important that if you truly learn this concept of giving, you'll have so much it'll be like being pressed down, shaken together and running over in your life. Press down. I mean, so much is coming in your life. It's got to get pressed down, shaken together, running over. This is how Jesus said people will give into your life if you will truly be generous. He said, boy, I've never experienced that. Probably because you're not all that generous. <laughs> and it takes a while to really trust God enough to let go of stuff. Because when we give, we, we, we think we suffer loss. You know what I'm saying? You know, here, here comes the offering, you know, and, and we're going to give. But all we see is, is we're going to lose this. And we give it away. And, and we think it, it's gone. It's gone. It cost me. You see, that's the way we think about giving. We look at it in terms of loss. When Jesus said, if you truly understand giving, you understand that it's actually gain to give. Everybody wants a great life. Jesus said, you want a great life? Die. That's what he said. Die to self. I'm, I got a sermon I'm, I'm going to be preaching to you down the road here. I just haven't had a chance to get to it yet. Entitled, God Wants to Kill You. <laughs> he does. He wants to kill you dead as a doornail. Not the physical you, but the selfish you. Just want to kill it. <laughs> the problem is, the selfish you, for a lot of you, is the biggest part of you. <laughs> So they're going to hurt like crazy because we don't want to die. But if you want true life, Jesus says, die. Surrender your life. If you'll pick up your cross and follow me, you can have all this. See, all these concepts, just we, but we think, no, no, no. The key is going straight for what we want. And in doing so, most oftentimes, what we want escapes us. It flees from us. Solomon says, man, you want long life? Get wisdom. You want financial security? Yeah, 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 get wisdom. No, no, I need money. No, you don't. You need wisdom. Somebody say amen. amen. Right, Kabir? That's it, baby. That's what we try to teach people in Crown, man. Crown Financial. If you, if you haven't gone through those classes yet, you ought to go through that classes. It's about wisdom. How to get smart about your money. Everybody thinks that what they need is more money. No. Your answer, believe it or not, is not more money. It's wisdom. Being smart with what God blessed you with. You know what happens frequently to people who get more money? They just get bigger in a bigger hole. I know people who make well into the six figures who are so broke they can't go out to eat. They are up to their eyeballs in debt. Everything. Anybody. (laughs) You know, it's funny because you always think that... uh, if you just have more money, life will be so much easier. I remember, you know, uh, you know, when I when I was got to the point where I had, you know, X amount of dollars in my life, I thought, wow, if I could just double what I have, if I instead of you know twenty five thousand dollars a year, if I could make fifty thousand dollars a year, if I can get to fifty, man, I know I'm gonna really have it. And and you know what happens when you get to fifty? You go, what the heck? This still isn't working. Some of you know what I'm talking about. You thought, wow, if I could just get to this point, woohoo! And, and, and it's still not there. 
Well, I promise you, you can double it again. If you still haven't learned wisdom, it's the same result. You get to 100 and you go, what the heck? It still stinks. Still not enough. You can double it again. I'm telling you, people who live like this, it's never enough. Why? Because they have no wisdom. No wisdom. He says, you want financial security? Get wisdom. It's in her left hand. Her ways, it says in verse 17, are pleasant ways, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her. Those who hold fast will be blessed. By wisdom, the Lord laid the earth's foundations. By understanding, he set the heavens in place. By his knowledge, the deeps were divided, and the clouds let drop the dew. My son, he writes, do not let wisdom and understanding out of your sight. He's encouraged, but by all means, press after this. Preserve sound judgment and discretion. They will be life for you. An ornament to grace your neck. Then you will go on your way in safety. Oh, I just want to be safe. I just want to be safe. I just want to be safe, pastor. Get wisdom. And your foot will not stumble. I don't want to stumble. I don't want to make mistakes. I don't want to do the wrong thing. Get wisdom. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. I don't want to be afraid. I'm so tired of being How do I get rid of it? Get wisdom. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Have no fear of sudden disaster or the ruin that overtakes the wicked. For the Lord will be at your side and will keep your foot from being snared. Here is the power of wisdom. If we truly understood this, we would be praying more for wisdom. I dare say if I took a survey and said, how many of you have asked God for wisdom in the last six months? Uh, the vast majority of you would go, no. I, I asked for peace. I asked for money. I asked to get rid of that neighbor next door because his dog poops in my yard. I, I, got, I asked for this. I asked, asked for a lot of things. But no, no, I, I never got around to asking for wisdom. When if we understood this, this would be a higher priority on our prayer chain list. You probably start with it. If we really got this, we say, God, number one, grant me wisdom. Grant me understanding. How can I get more wisdom? How can I get more understanding? Kudos for you even being here tonight. Because this is a way for you to get more wisdom. One of the ideas behind even coming to church and hearing instruction from the scripture is to gain wisdom. To gain understanding. The more wisdom and understanding, the more your life will be blessed, the more you will advance. But even more than that, James tells us, look, ask. God is looking forward to giving you if you will just ask. Um, Dev and I have have two children. We should have had 20, but we only had two because we thought like all the heathens around us. But we had two, and uh, of course I didn't have to have them. (laughs) But, uh, um, you know, Phil and Leslie, and they're really two different Human beings, if you get to know them, they're wonderful, wonderful kids. But uh, for some bizarre reason, my daughter, of course, she has an independent streak in her that would, you know, choke an elephant. Yeah, she is one. If you get to know Leslie, she's like, yeah, you know, she's, uh, you know, we we have this uh, flag page thing. Any of y'all take the flag page? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, most of you. Good for you. And uh, well, she has one of the highest control perfect scores this is called the world's most strong-willed people they should have their own third world countries these people 
Okay? She has the highest and the hardest high score of anyone we'd ever done. And thousands of people. She was the highest. And boy, a lot of things started making sense. You know, I thought she was demon-possessed. When she was little, man, she was one intense two-year-old. And, and it, you know, you kept thinking, well, I'll grow it. Never happened. Still to this day. Now, it's wonderful. It makes her the great confident woman that she is today. Just the way that God wired her. But just, ho-chi mama. Just, don't need nobody. Don't need nobody. She just said she couldn't wait to get away from mom and dad. When she was two. <laughs> Most kids away, you know, until you're 18 or something. Before they start getting away or 16. She, I'm telling you, this kid had it. Coming out of the womb. Thanks for the ride. Where do I get off? You know, this, this was her. And still to this day, God bless her heart. And again, it makes her wonderful. And it's, it's really pretty funny because she does the uh, customer service of the flag page, you know, on the phone. If you were to call and talk to somebody, you wind up talking to her. And uh, <laughs> really, really stretches her. But anyway, uh, <laughs> she, the other day, someone calls in and uh, didn't know how to enter something on the computer because she's having a problem with the, uh, the program. And she said, well, okay, type in such and such and then hit the space bar and, and uh, the, the space bar. No, no you have one. Yes. Uh, all computers have space bars. Yes. Ma- ma'am, ma'am, ma'am. That long thing at the bottom. Space bar. You know, you can just see her because she just wants to reach you the throne and just, you know, but she, she handles it well. But, uh, Anyway, she, 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 she never really ever would ask for anything from, from me. You know, even to this day, she, she just never asked for because she's just got this independent streak in her. Okay? Um, you know, now my son, Phil, he gets asking. All right? Always has. He can get stuff out of the old man at a drop. You know, to this day, no one can manipulate me like my son. I have... I walk into his office thinking, we're going to go Z. I'm absolutely convinced we're going Z. I'm going Z. I'll spend 10 minutes with him. Come on. Yeah, A was a better idea. Yeah, I knew, I knew it was. I, <laughs> makes me crazy. I don't know how he does it. But, uh, um, you know, but he would always ask for stuff. And I, I, I would, you know, I, he could always get stuff out of me. You know, and I would try and communicate to my daughter. I said, you realize, if, if you would just ask me, I'll, I'll give you what, whatever you need. Whatever, you know, within reason. I mean, you know, um, but she just would never really take advantage of it, you know. Uh, only, only in the most severe circumstances. I remember just after she'd gotten ma- married uh, to, to Ross, and, and, I, and I told Ross before he married my daughter, just, just so you know, no refunds. <laughs> you tear up the sales slip, baby. You can't bring her back. All right, I love my daughter, but this is it, baby. Are you sure you want? Yeah. So uh, anyway, she she I think a year or two after they got married, and and she came in, and she is just by side of I made a horrible mistake. I made a horrible mistake. I'm like, oh no, 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 not this, not this. It's a horrible mistake. It's a horrible mistake. What is it? What is it? Oh, I made a mistake in my checkbook, and I'm a hundred dollars short. 
<laughs> All I'm thinking is, you can't come back. You can't come back. You can't come back. Okay. And, uh, and, uh, and, and even then, I said, I, I, I'll give you the $100. You know, I'd have given her $500. I'd have given her $1,000. You know, don't ask me, you're not my kid. But I, I you know, but, but, you know, Phil, you know, he gets anywhere near close to, he needs, hey, Dad, I, can I have a couple hundred bucks? What do you need it for? Does it matter? No, I guess not here. You know. So I mean, I, you know. <laughs> so what, what I'm encouraging you to, God is very generous. He's very generous. A lot of times we, we don't get stuff out of because, because we, don't, we don't ask. We're, we're convinced, you know, that he's going to find fault with us and, and we're not going to get there and, you know, yada, 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 yada. And we don't really experience all that we should experience. And, and I'm out of town. Time. I'm not out of town. I'm still in town. I'm out of time. We'll pick it up again next week. But you're getting the idea, right? God wants to bless you. He wants to give you good things. All, but you need to ask. You need to ask. Let's all bow our heads in a word of prayer. Uh, and, and, as, and as we all have our heads bowed and, and nobody's looking around. Let me ask you. Uh, the greatest gift wants, God wants to give you is to forgive you. Now stop and think about this. You owe God a debt you cannot pay. Every man and woman is full of sin and things we haven't done right and things we've done wrong. And what God is saying, look, because of what Jesus did on the cross, because he was the Lamb of God who took away the sins of the world, if you will ask me, if you'll just ask me, if you'll just ask me, I will pay the debt. Yet millions of people who come to church and hear this message still have not asked God, God, forgive me. God, forgive me for my wrong. Come into my life. We, we try to work it out on our own. I can do it on my own. I can fix that checkbook on my own. I can fix that check. I, I know it's a mistake, but I, I can fix it on my own. Well, why, why kill yourself? First of all, you can't fix it on your own. Even if you could, why would you want to? But you can't. There's nothing you can do. There's not one thing you can do good enough to clear your debt with God. If you could have been good enough, Jesus would have never went to the cross. Why would he have gone? He would have just said, hey, be good enough. He is willing to give you a clean start, a clean slate. He wants to do this for you. You have to ask. It's just that simple. I want us all to pray this prayer together. If, if you're here tonight and you've never truly surrendered your heart, your life to Christ, if you'll pray this prayer with us and believe this from the bottom of your heart, God will clear the slate with you. He will come into your life. He'll start giving you purpose and direction and meaning. And start blessing you so you can start succeeding in a way you never thought possible. Let's pray this together. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I surrender to you this evening. I ask you to come into my heart. To forgive me of my sins. And help me to truly know you. Is it that easy? Well, it's not easy. But it is that simple. That's just the first step. God, come into my life. Reset the meter for me. Cleanse my heart. Make me a new person. If you pray that prayer tonight for the very first time, I have a book I'd love to give you. It's written by my brother Ed. It's called Getting Started in Your New Life with Jesus. Great little book about answering questions about faith and how to get to know God and Bibles, questions and stuff that you have. Anyway, if you pray that for the very first time and you'd like a free copy of this, we'd love to give it to you. Just come to the uh, guest registry 
counter there. Say, hey, I'd like a free copy of that book. And they'll give you one. Okay, we won't charge you for it. Uh, and it'll, it'll really help you. It's a great start. So anyway, God bless you. Pastor Lathan.